today we're going to start our new show, Change Agents, with me and Caleb. Um, the show is about, I want to talk to people who have brought unique change to their different industries, whether that's in music, film, uh, art, in any way. I really just want to talk to people who are not trying to do things the same way. So today we have the legend, one of my best friends, one of the most influential people I know on and off the court. How much y'all owe you for this Hilton, pay me after the introduction. How you doing, bro? Good, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yo, you the first guest. Technically, you the first guest. I think we did we did uh, Earth Gang, and it was kind of like... Yeah, that was like a warm-up. It was like a warm-up. Yeah. But, you know, he have all the IP and everything. And one thing Hovain taught me is, Make sure you get your IP. If you don't get your IP, you might as well not do it. But well, I'm, I'm happy to be here, be number one A or one B, however you know what? Number one, number one, number one, dog. I, I had a couple of my other friends in here that I could have interviewed. I'm like, nah, hold, we gotta go first. Appreciate it. We gotta do sneaker check first. Make sure y'all get the sneaker check. Anybody who know Hovain know the freshest nigga this side of the Mason Dixon and on the other side. <laughs> Man, appreciate it. It's so weird because. Sometimes, like, I, I, like, you know, we're friends. So I'll be like, yo, let's go grab something to eat. Like, what you got on? Like, nothing, nigga. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. What you got on? Like, my wife do it. No. I'm like, yo, let's go get something to eat. She's like, are you getting dressed? I'm like, yeah, I gotta put clothes on. She's like, no, but well, what are you putting on? Let me see your outfit. It's not that serious. Dog, you got a video of Jada Kiss telling the whole world how you the freshest nigga in the world. So now you just put the pressure on everybody. My, my friends are very kind. <laughs> you you not kind though, cause if I walk outside looking crazy, you be like, I'm gonna tell you what, why would I? So your level of crazy right. is a little bit higher than everybody else. Listen, man, I, I I was always taught to believe you look good, you feel good, you work good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Deion Sanders. Well, another Deion Sanders. another another Albany product. I'm gonna take that. Mama told me that, like you know what I'm saying. You take pride in your presentation, how you look. You know what I'm saying? Your cleanliness, your, your hygiene, your smell. You know what I'm saying? For all that's together, that's that's a starting point. You know what? That's crazy. Cause like I've been getting this gonna sound real crazy, but I've been getting manicures and pedicures, right? Mm, but women be so like shocked, they be like, Oh, you get manicures? But, like I think most people for a whole don't take pride in their general hygiene. So like, you know, men for men to do it, it's like Right. Like, that's a, that's the that's the regular yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dudes they shy away from it too. I don't know why. But. I think they, you know, they're associated with being like masculine yeah, or like whatever. You know, yeah. Feminine, nah, right. I was just trying to make sure my shit look good. Right. And then it's clean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't get it, but I'm going to keep getting my manicures and pedicures for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Same. So I introduced you as my friend, but I didn't really tell people what you do because it's kind of hard to put you. You can't even quantify it. Like, <laughs> do so much. And you're going to feel like I'm gassy, but Hovain really do everything. Uh, so nah, what? What do you think is the number one thing, and then I'll go from there? What would you say I is think, your number one? I think music still is my number my whip, like the bread and butter. Like I'm a music manager. That's at the core of who I am. I'm a manager, executive, um, playmaker, deal broker, businessman, uh, stylist, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. executive producer, yeah, video director, creative yeah. director. I'm, I'm, I wore many hats sometimes out of necessity, so like you know, now that I don't have to do it, it's still like a passion of mine. I think that's why it's like I ain't gonna say it's effortless because I don't think everybody can do what you do, but I think it's effortless to you because you really care about those things. You're not doing it 
because it's the job. Yeah, it's like, you know, I was at a point when I had one artist and I had to do everything. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Management, role management, fucking stylist. So, like, I learned all those skills. So, like, that's the thing about learning something. Nobody can never take that away from you. You right. know what I'm saying? Even if you have the money to outsource, like I could pay a stylist, I could pay this person to do that, but like I have knowledge and, you know, sometimes I feel like we need to. And that makes you more valuable too, because you do so many things so well. If you can add value to any situation, you're irreplaceable. Yeah. Like there's nothing I feel like I want to do that I can't do. That's a fact though. Cause, and it's been, I think I'm like that in a sense where I normally feel like I can do anything, but I remember when I first got into management, I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. And you was like, are you crazy? It's really like, some people's talent is recognizing and amplifying the talent in other people. You know what I'm saying? So that's a talent in itself. Everybody can't be a manager. You know, it's cliche and it's cool to say I'm an A&R or I'm a manager. Like people put that in their bio, but like, you know, being a manager is actually a, really, a real talent. So as like one of the like premier deal makers, like you do a whole lot of stuff that, or you involved in a lot of projects and a lot of real deals that people don't know about. What do you think is the biggest misconception in the game about making, whether you're an artist or an executive or one of the other entities that keep the, the ball moving? I think that people see the end result a lot of times and they think that getting there or getting shit done is simple and easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? People think they're gonna start working in January and I'm gonna have a Bentley by February. Like, it doesn't work like that. It's so cliche and so corny to say, but the work you put in is what you get out. Like, I give 100% in everything I do. So you see the end results. So people see the end results and want to emulate the end results, but they don't want to emulate the work. Yeah, I think, you know, we like super culture heads, sneak heads, we all got on Jordans or Nikes. But I remember Michael Jordan had his commercial and it was like, maybe it's my fault. And he was talking about maybe it's my fault because I didn't show you the times that I was depressed yeah. or I didn't show you all yeah. these other times. All you saw is me win. But social media, the only post is your win. Well, that's all most people post is their win. So right. people see the wins, they see you partying, they see you and Caleb in Mexico having yeah. a good time. Like, Caleb was in Mexico. I was. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, man, I want to be like these two brothers, man. They got to figure it out. But they don't, don't see know the process. The times you holding the camera for hours. Yeah. And, freezing cold and not getting paid right and the flights you have to pay and like a lot of people don't care about the work like i, I think it got lost because kim kardashian said it what she said was 100 percent true like you gotta work you gotta do the work people don't want to do the work they want to party like what, what, what are we partying about you gotta put some work in put some wins on the board then you can party and you don't want to be the white yeah you don't want to be the <laughs> white guy in the group chat yeah i, I have the saying i always like Yo, i don't want to be the white friend in the group chat because i have like a couple group chats in my phone that like are really successful people. I don't want to name drop that's corny, but like, you know, these people are doing million dollar deals and they're some of the most powerful people in music and business. It's like, man, you can't be the whack one. You better put some work in, you better do something so you, so you could not just prove you belong, but you, so you could have add value. Right, to the company. Yeah, because like, I have friends that do X, Y, Z. I might need them. I want to be able for them to call on and need me for something too. You know what I'm saying? That's what a friendship is. It can't be one side. Yeah, it can't be one side. And I think that, uh, like, uh, I always tell people, use me. I want to be useful. Yeah. Just don't miss you. Yeah, that's right. Just don't miss me. If you can't be useful, if you can't be used, you're useless. And that's never the, that's never a good thing. Who was the first artist you met? The first artist, the first first artist I managed. I want to say it's both of them was around the same time, but 
Troy Ave, Rich Hill. Rich Hill, Tommy Hilfiger, son. So that was like probably like around the same neck and neck time. I think that's the craziest. I would have never thought Tommy Hilfiger, son. <laughs> that's my yeah. son, Rich. Shout out to Rich. I'm with Rich now. He just dropped the album. Rich Hill. Shout out to Tommy, too. Tommy's my guy. Word. How did you end up with Rich Hill? Like, I think the Troy Ave one kind of makes sense if you, you know where people from and you know their background. But how did the Rich Hill one come about? Um, my partner Sycamore was managing him and working with him. Child Sick? Yeah, Child Sycamore. So Sick was like, you know, running around doing, he was like doing a thousand things. He was like, hey, could you help out with Rich a little bit? So I started with like tour management, road management, and it started from there. What year was that? Oh, 08. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, 08. Mm-hmm. What was that process like, even getting to the point of managing your first artist? Like, what? That shit just happened. It just happened. I mean, like, people always ask me that, and I tell them the story, and they be like, that's crazy, but that's just how it happened. Yeah. I had a friend who rapped. Uh, we hang out every day anyway with friends, so we're doing everything together, whether it's getting money, what, what, party, whatever. So naturally, if he go to the studio, we go all go to the studio. And then he started to take rap a little more seriously, and I guess he saw that I was kind of, like, business-minded. Yeah. So it was like, you didn't manage it. Right. And it was like, uh, I guess. <laughs> so we kind of like figured it out yeah. together. But you also came up like under one of the most legendary managers of all time. You see, I want to say promote. I want to say came up under. We met him already when shit was already moving. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I was already still doing me. So I didn't come up under him. I got to be around him for like probably like a year and get some toolage. But I was already doing what I was doing. He met me as me. Butch Lewis, for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's like you just come in. I think it's kind of how it's supposed to go. When you have the skills, you find you naturally find your purpose or your place yeah. to maximize those skills. Man, just be a good person, be honest, and like God will take care of the rest. You know and what I'm just saying? Be yourself. Yeah, just be yourself. Just like be pure and believe in yourself and what you're doing, and shit gonna figure itself out. Like sometimes I find myself in places. And doing things, I'm like, yo, how the fuck did this happen? And it's just like, oh, this, this is the plan for my life. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't get this on my own. Yeah. And then it's, uh, you remember how we met? We met, but we didn't meet. But I remember All Star Game at the Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. On the uh, on sweet hotel. I'm like, sweet. It's, yeah. It was fresh then. I mean, this ain't changed. Like, I was fresh since <laughs> third grade. Man. This ain't new. I was fresh since <laughs> third grade. For the record, what, what year was this? 15? Yeah, I think that was 14. Maybe 14. 14, awesome. 15. Yeah, 14. Whenever it was in New York, I know that. Yeah, it might have been, might have been 14 or 15, yeah. Yep, might have been 14. Because I remember T.I. had all about the money. We had a party with T.I. that year. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, so it might have been 14. Yeah, Man, that's when, the, that's when, like, the Knicks were good. Yeah, And, and Mello, <laughs> Mello was Mello. That was a long time. Smith. That was a, yeah, G.I. Smith. That was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, that was, that was a great time. That was a great time. We, we uh, it's nothing like being hot in your city. I, I tell that to people all the time. Like having a hit record and being that guy in your city, like New York is like one of the, the biggest city in the world. Yeah. So we had a record that was on fire and the all-star game was in New York. We had about 12 parties that weekend. When you hot like that, it feels like every day is your birthday. Every day. Everybody was trying to get a shirt or a hat. Anything, anything. It, it, was, it was crazy. It was like every day is your birthday times 10. And you're getting money to go to these places and parties. It was crazy. So what's like, uh, 
when you in your city, you get hot and y'all take off like that. Then you also go on the road. What's the most people you think y'all ever took like on the road? Like the most flights and accommodations you ever had to book for a trip? We had some time. <laughs> we, we had some time. We used to roll pretty deep. We used to, we used, to, we used, to, it used to be a lot of us. It used to be a large party. I don't remember a lot of flights. Like a lot of flights, maybe 10, 12. But I remember a couple events. Probably was like 40 cars from people. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's something close, like Philly, y'all like, call the traffic jam. Yeah, like something like that. Like, you know, I grew up watching Dipset and shit like yeah. that, and seeing G Unit. And I right. always used to see that. Them niggas used to be so deep in. And they move as a unit. I remember visiting a friend at Howard Homecoming. This was, I was probably 1918. G Unit was so crazy, it was torn off the mixtapes. This was before Get Rich and I Trying. 50 is the future. They torn off the mixtapes. I went to the club, I forget the name of the club, but they left. And there was so many of them, they took all the women with Yo, this is no <laughs> 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 it, it, it stayed with me. I said, yo, they took all the girls. This is crazy. I said, this is unbelievable. So we kind of started moving them all in like that at a certain point. Yo, can you imagine like all the women left out the club? Oh, this is how we homecoming, bro. This it ain't no place in there. Like, there's, there's Super Bowl. So there's so many women. They 50 started leaving. They started leaving out. Motorcade. You see all the Is that what made you feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do in this game, but I got to be up there. That was one of the moments. That was, that was one. That wasn't the primary moment, but that was one of the moments. I was like, this music shit is something. It's something to it. Like, I, I've, I've seen uh, Cam and Cherry Lounge and Harlow leave out and women, like, pushing each other on the floor to get to Cam. Like, yeah. So it was like, you know, damn. Cam was, Cam was smoking hot. I was about to say, like, he had fish a run. And it's always fish grease. That boy is, man. That's, the mu music is a powerful tool. I'll just say that. Music is very powerful and it evokes emotion. And um, a lot of times when women get a chance, or not even women, people get to be their favorite rappers and celebrities. They, they come through. I always, uh, I think you introduced me to Jim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about music, too, is, like, music moves people, but also music has, like, this way of it's always the person that you didn't necessarily think was going to be the best that rises because they work the hardest. Yeah. And that Jim Jones is, like, a perfect example of that because at one point Cam was here. Yeah. People yeah. thought Jewels was going to be next. Yeah. And now I feel like Jim got the best. Jim's been my favorite rapper since. Probably his first or second album. I've been, I've been Jim Jones. Jim Jones is a hard worker. He's another person who direct videos. He makes, he know how to mix and engineer. I think the only thing he don't do is produce. That's 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 another person that just wears all the hats. Mm -hmm. When I when we first got the studio, I remember even still now, like setting up the set and everything. When we first got the studio, Jim Jones was one of the people that I was like, I remember him telling stories about at Rockefeller how he would learn everything so he get the invoices. Everything. And I was like, I was telling Caleb, I was like, I got to learn everything. Not because I want to do everything, but I I just know there's the value. Like, yeah. I want to be able to set up everything if, I, if nobody's there. What you going to do? Caleb with the session? Caleb might be in Cordoba and Cabo. Yeah. Yo, let me take Turks. Turks. Turk. Oh, sorry, Turks. I mean, that's Caleb good. might be Cordoba and Turks. He's like, yo, let me take the right. pictures. Right. Trav might not be here one day. He might be like, yo, I got to handle this and run this invoice. And, and I got to fill in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it just about. Every nigga you click, you rich, you click the rugged. Exactly.
That's why I keep saying Rockefeller the best unit of all. That's the best umbrella in hip hop ever. I agree. People try to give it the young money, cash money, but um, I don't think they got. I think this what it is. Their success is so massive. Young money, cash money, like major bombs. But I don't think the length of time, and I don't think the uh, it's not spread out as much. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's more people that were successful with Rockefeller than them. You know what I'm saying? You got like Wayne and Juvie. Then you got Nicki and Drake, and then it's like nothing. I feel like you can go Rockefeller and go the Jay Bleak Beans era. You can go Kanye. You can go yeah, it, 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 it was more. It was more. It was more diverse. I feel like yeah. But you know, Young Wayne still going strong and kicking too. Shout to Mac Man. I wish. Like, yeah. I wish Wayne would have went Rockefeller though. Ah, uh, that changed it. I, I think it would have changed his career. It, I mean, change it for what? His, he had a great career after that. After he's dead. So you know what I'm saying. We go. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I think I think when at one point I was like a super, super, super Wayne fan. Mm-hmm. And then I think at at a certain point it became less more about Wayne, the the the, the star than the music for me. And I just feel like if he has I think that's not true. People just not listening. When people kinda like are right, move on to the next thing, they stop kinda listening. He's been putting out quality music all the time. Just people not listening. Wayne, def- Wayne definitely had a drop off though. I don't know, man. He's been red hot the last two I mean, years. Sing- single wise, maybe, but his the quality of his music has been consistently good. You know what I'm saying? Like I listen to the albums. I'm a we Wayne gonna, fan. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the top five. Top five with Wayne? No. Do you think do you think Wayne top five all the time? Do you think Wayne top five all the time? I think he is. If you're not top five, he's definitely top seven. I gotta think. Yeah. Definitely top seven. If you're not top five, he's definitely top seven. I'll say top ten. I don't know if he's top seven. But I might I might be a little biased. Maybe. <laughs> I'm biased in your city. I mean, listen, man, there's a lot of greats from New York, but I'm also I travel, I've seen the world, I've been places, I I have friends and relationships with different different people. So my top ten is is in ninety percent New York. It's there's other dope people out there. Jay-Z, Biggie, and us. One, two, three. In that order? Uh, I go back and forth with Biggie just because he didn't have enough bodies of work. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have a, a long enough time. He only really had a three and a half year run. You know what I'm saying? So, Do you count the ghostwriting projects when you count his run? Yeah, I mean, he wrote the Kim project for the most part. Then he wrote the whole Dream Mafia album. Then he wrote a double album. So if you count it's really his, five albums. If, 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 about to say, if you count his whole billions, you did five albums in like a four year span. What so. you think about I feel like I'm dominating, but you know, <laughs> you good, you good either. Combo. Uh bring it up, Jay Z and Nas. Jay just came out with a song with Pusha T and he, you know, it's it feels like he's addressed it multiple times. And it's all as a Jay fan, I'm like, I don't feel like you gotta keep addressing it, but you know, the whole you wouldn't be Jay Z if if Biggie was here, I'm supposed to win the game fight, folks. It's a fact. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I agree with that. Do you bring Biggie back from the dead? Like, if you could do that type of math and be like, well, if Travis, if you were really 6'3", and Caleb, if you were 6'5", y'all be in the NBA. NFL or NBA or whatever. I, I would like, be in the NBA if I was 6'3". I mean, but, but it's like, you can't really rewrite can't history. Even. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Like <laughs> at a certain point, you get so successful, people try to grab at anything. Just, to, just you know what I'm saying? Just to talk people about try that. to say, yeah, Big was it. Big was it. Yeah, they got the commission. And Big would have got better, and Jay would have got better, and they'd have been going back and forth. Like, 
this man, your destiny is your destiny. You know what I'm saying? Who you are is not molded by who somebody else is. And I think we just, in this culture, we don't really appreciate longevity either. No. They call niggas old heads, you know, nobody listening to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, look, Scott's been out since 1996 and still relevant. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing I think I would change is, like, we just don't have an appreciation for our art. It's, it's called taste. People, everybody don't have taste. You know what I'm saying? Some people want to be a flash in the pan a brand, and some people want Ralph Lauren. You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of taste. People don't have taste. You can't give people taste. That's a fact. <laughs> Ralph Lauren was boring before I wore him. <laughs> I love Kanye, man. Speaking of taste, like, I feel like a lot of new artists today, they have, like, great music, mm -hmm. but they're not cutting through. Like, what do you think it takes for artists to really cut through? Uh, there's a couple of things. I think people don't understand their core demographic. Who, who, who is your fan? Who are you selling music to? Like, you ask an artist that, a lot of times they can be like, right. you know what I'm saying? So I think that and a lot of times people aren't unique. Like, it's like, you know, you lack uniqueness. And a lot of times, most people, not most people, some of the artists is generated by everything else. Like, you hear the music, you see the look, but it's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to you. Like, this mm -hmm. is brought on by a label. And yeah, that's a spending. look. Yeah, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times. It's produced. Yeah. And people aren't dope. Not no more. Like, people are not falling for the. Yeah, the, the six nines or whatever of the world. Yeah, like. so they know what's up. Do you think that's social media or do you think that's just everything? That's everything. Just everything. You know what I'm saying? I think it's hard. I think social media has gotten everybody kind of on this same, like, palette. Like, New York used to have their own slang. Down South used to have their own slang. But once you make the internet, that, that removes that. So now, I would never know how niggas in Houston talk if it wasn't for the internet or if I was listening to a nigga in Houston. You know what I'm saying? But now, you watching the YouTube, you hearing niggas, you all on the internet together. Everybody got reels. Niggas yeah. be like, bustin', what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I remember when I first went to LA, like, I remember this girl said, that's bomb. I was like, what the fuck is that? Now I hear people use it out of place, like, cause, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And they just trying to input it. Yeah. yeah, like, you don't even know, like, that's why I hate, <laughs> I always get in trouble for saying, I hate when people dress like retro, like 90s look or something like that. Like, you don't even know why you wear it. It's like, so forced. Yeah, like, the people, <laughs> from this era we're dressing like this for a reason like you're yeah. just emulating that's not right. style that's Im imitation like you know what i'm saying like i don't want to dress in no black 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 i don't even know yeah. what uh, almost like blackface it's like why are you doing this right. i don't i don't like that shit that 90s look and i think without the individuality and like the somewhat no idea is new under the sun but yeah. without some some form of individuality and originality we can't get those mount rushmore type artist anymore. So I feel like it's harder now to ever be Beyonce or Michael Jackson or Jay-Z. One, people have no attention span. Two, niggas don't want you to be that great. They already, yeah, he dope, he ain't no Beyonce. He ain't no big, like people already have that. Or he, he put out seven songs, he doing too much this year. People don't want you to be great. You know what I'm saying? Cause they can't see that within themselves. So they're like, that's dope, but he dope as Kanye. Like, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. It's, it's, always, it's always a comparison to somebody else. Stuff. So to cut through and really make it be a legendary in the sound, it takes a lot. If you were, um, and you know we had this conversation a lot with the social media, I feel like artists shouldn't be on Twitter anymore. It's a give and take. It's all how you do 
some people do it really well. Some people do it really bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give my example of who do it bad. Give me an example of somebody who do just Twitter specifically. Because I feel like Twitter is is words. And as an artist, as a music artist, your your number one thing is your opinions and your thoughts and your words on things. So if you get your viewpoint away on Twitter all day, then why do people? What do people have to rush to your music for? But then there's the commonality. Some people are like, oh, this is my homie. I fuck with him. Oh, I I relate to this. Oh, what is he doing? You know what I'm saying? It's the commonality. Now with so many people, like kind of with his question, Kelly's question, he was like, yo, it's so it's so many artists and like shit is more contrived. You need that inter interpersonal uh, understanding of who this artist is because the music is not just enough no more. I need to know. Oh yeah, you got a baby. Oh yeah, y'all just broke up. Like some people need to know that in order to be personally invested in artists. You know what I'm saying? Is it like a cutoff point though? I think you should do a, a good job of trying to keep it friendly, but also mysterious, like a little a little mystique about it. But you know, some some people give you all of them, and you know what I'm saying? That works. Who um I actually spoke y'all. Yeah. Who are like name the superstars in rap now? Superstars. J. Cole's a superstar. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick's a superstar. Kanye West is a superstar. Um, Beyonce's a superstar. Um, Jaden's a superstar. Um, Drake's a superstar. Um, Lil Wayne's a superstar. Um, Snoop Dogg's a superstar. Snoop Dogg is the most <laughs> biggest superstar yeah, rap ever had. There's nowhere in and the I'm world. And I'm a Jay Z stand. There's nowhere in the world Snoop can go. And people don't know that Snoop Dogg. You know what I'm saying? They might not right. know his music. They might not know. They know it's Snoop They know Dogg. Snoop Dogg the rapper. You know what I'm saying? Right. Weed. My gra- my grandma ain't listened to rap a day of her life, but she'll tell. She called him Snoopy. Like she, she know him. Yeah. So she's like, that's Snoopy Dogg. Snoopy the superstar. I think there's some people who are like budding superstars. I think uh, Doja Cat's gonna be a superstar. I like her a lot. She's a hard work. If she don't burn out. I don't think she's gonna burn up. I don't think she's gonna burn up. She got a good team. At the weekend's a superstar. Um shit, after that start to get like a little Yeah. None of them tweet itself for probably Doja Cat. Doja Cat engages the fans. Yeah. Is Cardi a superstar? Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Cardi. Yeah. 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 I think Cardi is the Cardi example is of Cardi somebody who's a superstar and still do it. Tweets, DM people, she engages, but you know what I'm saying? She has a bubbly personality, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She kind of like, that's what she came up on, fucking with her fans and supporters. So it's good to see that she didn't change that now that she is and stuff. But I feel like, to me, it's two people that I feel like if they would have cut it at a certain point, they would they would be appreciated more as artists. Wale, in fact. I think they were like Twitter superstars at one point, and then they should have cut it off. I think, I think people don't appreciate them as musically enough. They're both amazing artists and great people i think people don't appreciate them on all fronts so it's not just you don't think it, you don't think it has to do anything with overexposure no I, I think that for whatever reason they get left out of conversations of dope rapper and dope artists two of my favorite rapper. yeah two, two of my favorite same two. yeah same. and and they kind of they kind of represent like the the rap superstar what they were supposed to look like yeah fly dope yeah. sneakers girls like them Newest clothes. Got an R&B, uh, a fire R&B feature, a single yeah. every yeah. time out. Those, those are two, two, of, two greats in my, in my book. I just really wish Wale would have like stopped tweeting. Like, 
That's four it. years, four or five yeah. years. Yeah, let yeah, let people be them. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. It. But if he's the one that's like always wondering why uh, he don't get the credit he deserves, but that's deep. That's like I said. That's musically. That's uh, in rap. That's not just social media. He don't get the credit he deserves, whether he tweets or not. If he never tweeted, people still wouldn't give him the credit he deserves. I just remember that. I remember that 08, 09, No Hands, Blog Era. Is Blog Era the best era in rap? He finna argue this. The best era. Do you how do you count era? Do you count decades? Do you count? I think I think it's every decade. I think fucking the shit that was like you gotta look at like 1998 and 99, that was like probably like the biggest rap ever was, like when it crossed over and made MTV and I would say the best five years of rap is ninety-eight through two thousand three. That that's close, yeah. I would agree with it. I think look if at, we can quantify that versus going decades, that's the best time. You got to look at the sales people were selling, tours, like, you know what I'm saying? Rap is bigger now because the internet makes everything huge. Rap is the biggest genre and shit, but the blueprint definitely was laid, like, when Eminem drops and, like, fucking uh, Jay-Z and DMX. DMX went platinum two times. Twice in one year. Yeah, like, one year. <laughs> that, that was, like, the fucking... Pinnacle for real. Pinnacle rap, man. And the music was really good as well. Outside of like uh maybe that that O three O three had like O three had a O two O three had a lot of big selling albums. Like Nelly, Nelly 50, Jaru, 50, yeah. Eminem. Yeah, it was it was a lot it was a Outcast, lot of Outcast went diamond yeah. twice, I think. Yeah. Yo, I'm nice. Uh you know how South I got a Atlanta got something to say. Atlanta got something to say. I know, y'all niggas been y'all got a chip on your shoulder. It's like y'all been running rap for twenty years. It's all right, but y'all it's ain't cool. been admitting it. It's cool. Y'all ain't been admitting it for twenty it's years. Cool. Why do you need a nigga to admit it? You get your money. You get your <laughs> what you want to do? Say, yo, we really fuck with y'all. Y'all don't need that. That's that's something on the inside. That's insecurity. Hey, dog. If Michael nigga, Jordan and, and LeBron want that trophy, but you you get Will it. Smith wanted his trophy. Y'all getting the trophy every year. Y'all selling the most. Your cities is popping. What more do you want? So when do you think that changed? When well, I think the ship happened. Yeah. You seen people start to like get more sense of hometown pride. I think as rap got broader and wider and the internet hit, like you always had places like Houston doing their own thing and shit like that. But now it was like you seen on TV somebody from Memphis, like, oh shit, we could do our own shit too. Because before the rap video, no matter where you was, niggas was wearing Yankee hats and they was looking like New York because they thought that's what they had to the internet. That's, Cause that's all they seen. All you seen was niggas from New York and niggas from LA, West Coast shit. But I think around that time, like 05, 06, shit started like going crazy, crazy. Not, not, not before that. Before that, Cash Money. Uh, uh, um, yeah, so that was like 99 juvenile job. I say 04 for two reasons. Number one, I feel like Black Album 03. Mm-hmm. I think Jay Z's retirement, even though it wasn't, it didn't stay, he didn't stay retired. I think he kind of signaled like, all right, I'm bowing out, so somebody else got to take the throne. And Wayne came right behind it, and that's that's the change. Cash money was still rope hot, smoking by then. No limit was already some million. So they, they but you're like, not gonna give us ninety eight. No, I'm not saying ninety eight, but I'm saying like early ninety nine, two thousand. The, the ship started happening, slip and slide. There's niggas from everywhere. The South started really, really, really catching on. Outcast. Like, my face, like, I had a lot of shit coming out at once. And then New York kind of 
went to the wayside a little bit, and then y'all just kept on. But y'all heard it here. I said it in the same. Vane say we had the throne for twenty years. He didn't even debate that. No, y'all got it. Me and Low, me and Cat. It's been a lot of me and Rob. Y'all listen. Y'all got it. But it's like, what? More we still got to come to New York to do business. What, what more do y'all want? What more do y'all want? It's like y'all. Some got something to say. Y'all said Bill Russell, dog. We want all the rings we can get. Y'all getting it? But y'all want a pat on the back? Like, like I don't get it. Speaking of. Uh, or two things. Do you think award shows and stuff like that still matter? Um, when it affects your pay, it matters. So when I when you say the Grammy Award winning artist, that's now another level. But what about you like say, BET Awards and all the other stuff? I mean, we don't put enough value into it as ourselves. Some like you know, some of them awards we don't even go to. So you know what I'm saying? For for some people, it's uh, not a national or bigger look. For some people, unfortunately, is the white man's ice is cold. You know so, being behind the scenes, is it is it all like cool factor, or is it like the Grammys and all these other things have bigger budgets it's, and they it's, they it's, make it's, people it's come? More, it's more prestige. It's more prestigious. Like the fucking Grammys is probably seventy five years old, or if not older. So, BT Awards started two thousand one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they got a fifty. 50 years it's more prestigious it's more recognized because certain shit when you say that shit yo i was nominated for an emmy like when caleb gets bold his shit and he starts doing he it, got family the price the, the price is not gonna be the <laughs> price you know i'm saying just being nominated does that for you so right. winning takes you to another level so it matters because it affects your pay so um speaking of award shows speaking from the perspective of like will smith's manager how would you diffuse that situation while it was happening yeah. or now like now shit, you gotta kind of like it's two ways you can face it you gotta kind of like be head on and go do a whole pr campaign and sit down with the people and you know say your side of the piece or you gotta kind of like disappear for a little bit and let shit kind of like blow over those are like two different ways you can would you tell me to get divorced I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> Y'all know I got to throw some craziness in there, dog. Uh, have you ever managed an actor? An actor? No. Never managed an actor. Managed comedians. Can act, but I never managed. Or straight up, like, thespian. Is that something, like, are you interested in that, or do you want to, like, go into another industry? I mean, like, I never, I never only thing I turn down is my college. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I listen. That's real. I listen yeah, to. Mixed I listen to all type of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody might come to me and like, yo, I need your help with this. Like, I never thought I'd be managing personalities. So now it's like, you know, that's another different thing. So if it makes sense and I feel like I'm equipped to do it, I don't I don't never want to lose anything I do. So even if it's the right bag and I might lose, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it because your reputation and your name is worth more than anything. So if it's the right situation and then acting, I feel like our interests are aligned and I can take him to another level with do y'all do you have like a either one or the other do y'all have like a dream person to work with or did you do it already man i'm in this i'm about to say i'm in some of my childhood heroes so it's like you know what i'm saying shout out to styles lots yeah Styles, my guy yeah so it was like you know these people were hanging up on my wall as a child so like i managed them and shit like that so i i'm already living my dream i don't have a dream person per se at what point do you feel like you got to that point where it's like, like, like this is it? 
You know what I mean? I'm living what I envisioned when I started. Hmm. Good question. I have a lot of those moments where it's like I manifested this or something I do a work and I'll be like, these are the, this is what I knew I was capable of. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody has doubt. So in times of doubt, it's like, damn, can I do this shit? And then you do it. Like, yeah, I fucking could do it. Fucking talking about the With all the stuff you've done, um, and I tell you this all the time, but do you feel like you intentionally stay under the radar? Because I feel like more people should know the millions of things you've done. I mean, I try not to even worry about that shit. Like, uh, what am I gonna do? Have a manager, be a manager with a PR person? It's like, you know what I'm saying? Niggas, the niggas who supposed to know, know. Like when I get around niggas, they know. Like, you know what I'm saying? The important people, the people that, the people that people respect, respect me. And that's all that matters to me. You know what I'm saying? Like when I talk to- Everybody love Ho Man. Like when I talk to the guys, guys, like the some of the superstars we talking about, they, Keep it up with what I'm doing. You know what I'm doing. That's all. The craziest part is even when like go back to when we first met. The second time we met, we met. Uh, I had invited. Uh, I had invited Rob to the Kanye show at yep, the Garden. Yep, yep. And, Garden. and Rob couldn't come. And he was like, "Yo, can't hope man come." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a fan." But I didn't even. It wasn't even like nothing crazy. And we came in, you kicked it. I'm like, you would never know. I think this was probably at a time where I was like not used to being around people in the industry that much because i'm not i'm not my job and what i do is not who i am i'm a cool regular nigga. i always been cool always been fly i always been, so some people carry what they do on them like because if i was a butcher i wouldn't walk around with fucking talking about pork chops and shit like that you might walk saying? around with a blade though <laughs> so it's like because you're in music and because you it, none of this shit is not lost to me i'm a manager to a star i'm not a star so i don't carry that arrogance some people work in the music business, they carry that arrogance. So they act like how they think a music person's supposed to act. I'm a regular nigga. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm no, a- dog. You got Adidas posters. Yeah, that's cool. But I th- Deal, <laughs> you sponsorship. See, you see how he, like, oh, that, I got to hype him. Like, I, get, yeah, I tell yeah, Caleb this, too. I, I know these things, but it's like, I don't walk around with that shit. I don't present that shit when I'm walking around. I'm, hey, I'm, how you doing? I'm hoping, what's up? Like, I still introduce myself to people. I was at the ATL shit. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm hoping people, like, I know who the fuck you are. I don't walk around like that. Like I'm not. You're not gonna buy into your life. Yeah, I don't have my head up my ass. I'm a regular human being. Like I'm not better than nobody because I work in the music business. People act like that though, so I get it. It's because when I'm re- when I am how I am with people, people like wow, I didn't. I, I never would have thought you were like this. You're just regular. You're cool. Yeah. I, I, what I, the I, fuck you did? <laughs> like I was home in New York, not this time, but like probably two times ago. I went to a friend of mine's baby shower, and it was like in the hood. I walked in, people were like. I Some of them stories. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, we can name a few. It is what it is. You gotta know yourself. Bro. I, I'm not gonna say her name, but uh, one of my homegirls hit me up. Uh, shout out to Maya. 
um, hit me up to come work with one of her artists. She, she wanted Caleb to come shoot it. Mm-hmm. And she knew me and Caleb was partners. So I hit Caleb. I'm like, yo, let's go um, do this. This is, a, this is a pretty big artist. Mm-hmm. Not super big, but like she got a she got a name. Everybody knows who she is. So we, this 5 o'clock on a Friday in Atlanta, we went from here, which is in the West End. Anybody who knows Atlanta, we're in the West End. We went to Tree Sound, Sound which is like Tree Sound. Sound. Deep. I like, <laughs> That's an hour. Hour and some change. Shout to Molly. I love Trees. Dog, when we walked in, well, number one, she was late, but whatever. I ain't even tripping off of that because she had probably hit the same track that we hit. Mm-hmm. But she got there, and man, when I tell you, she acted like she was Beyonce and Michael Jackson put together in the first five minutes. That shit is disheartening, man. It's like, it's sad. Like, when you meet people and you're a good person, like, let's just say you were regular. Joe Schmo and somebody you're hiring to do work in your crib. Person comes to work in your crib, they do a great job, they're pleasant, cool, you might have a little banter, and they leave. Their work is probably like an eight. Now, somebody can come in, they work as a 10, but they're late, they give you attitude, a lot of pushback. Who are you gonna call a hire? Okay. You know what I'm saying? So just like be a good person. At the end of the day, like I know celebrity and stardom sometimes goes to people's head and they can't handle it, but you got to try to be as regular as possible. Keep regular people around you that keep you grounded. Like, uh, yo, you're buggy. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why you got shaved and wearing a club? You, you, <laughs> tell, you tell me I'm buggy a couple times, too. Man. But that's true. You know, they say uh, people might not remember what you do or what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. Remember how you make them feel. Always. And I'm lucky that my reputation has always been that. Though. People speak highly of me. People refer me for things because of relationships I have because I'm a cool nigga and I'm a good person. Yeah, I re- going back to that night that uh, you came to the box, I'll never forget it. And we don't been out plenty of times. We don't did a lot of, like, we've been super tight. You like my brother for years. I can tell you everything that you did that first night that stood out like that's just a good person. Uh-huh. Like, you got us into, I ain't gonna say the club, DJ Envy was at the club that night. Mm-hmm. You got us in VIP. You called and checked like four or five times just to make sure yeah, we yeah. got in and you didn't know us. My nigga, just, just got to be a, a good a good human being. That's all the boys answer. I keep saying it, but it, it's, it, the idea is so foreign because, you know, people are fucking, and I just, I show people and I treat people with the same respect I want. That's why I have uh, friends for 20 years and kids, people I grew up with. And like, you know, I can go to any city and be good anywhere because people will be like, oh, not at Make sure I take care because he took care. You know what I'm saying? In Miami. I'm out of Miami. In Miami. <laughs> I don't even got a call home no more. I'd be like, yo, I'm Hovain, friend. Um, we come in, they be like, all right, you're not supposed to get in with with tennis shoes on, but you Hovain's friend, so we're going to let you in. Yeah, It'd be a bunch of that. Yeah, man. I have some, I have great friends in every city. In the world, it feels like almost so. Like, Kansas, Kansas, <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. I, I, I have friends and relationships everywhere, and that's worth going to go. So another joint question. I'm gonna go with you first. As a video director, as a visual creator, do you feel like you have a responsibility to change the way it's done in the music business now? Like, do you feel like you have to change the guard for what video directing is? Um, yes. It's a lot of responsibility. Yes. Put on that nigga back. I'm just asking. God, it's I called change agents. I, I think we do. 
I think we do. I think we got to change like the way directors are presented, the way we pitch, the way we get jobs, the way we treat it in the game. Like, you know, we, we hold, you know, a strong take too. Like, you know what I'm saying? We present the image of every artist, like we control that. So it's just a certain amount of respect that needs to be given to us too. As an executive, not more so as an executive, because you are a president at Cinematic. Um, as an executive, do you feel like you have a responsibility to change something about the game before you're done? Yeah, 100%. Like, you try to, I try to leave anything, relationships, people, places, leave anything I do better than when I, when I got there, you know what I'm saying? So if that's not signing an artist that I don't think the imagery is right for the masses, you know what I'm saying? Just passing on it. Just anything you can do to improve the overall state of music, I think that I'm responsible for 100%. Whether it's giving back the information or knowledge through teaching a college course that I do, because niggas wasn't Professor Hove. Professor Hove, yeah. Niggas wasn't giving no free game out. Niggas wasn't telling you, yo, this is what you need to do. These are the tools. This is what you should be looking for. Niggas be acting like they're trying to doubt the secrets. Especially when I was coming up now, it's like, if I can give a nigga the some information. gatekeeper thing. Yeah, like that gatekeeper shit is corny, man. Like, rap was developed and made by us for us. Like, why do you want to keep those secrets? Like, you know what From I'm saying? Us. From us. Yeah, like, get that game away. So I'm, I find myself sometimes, it might be through a DM, or might be a person in the street that come up to me. I'm going to give this nigga some tools, and I'm not going to tell him generic shit. Yeah, keep doing your thing, boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Work Just, hard. Corny shit, corny shit like that. Like, if I can give you a little bit of direction, or point you into a direction, or maybe tell you a book to read, or whatever, whatever I can do to help and push them on, I feel like that's my responsibility, because nobody did that shit for me. Before we get out, because uh, you brought it up, and I should have brought it up at the top, you've been teaching a college course for, yes, what, sir. three semesters now? Three semesters, yes, sir. Tell, tell us about that a little bit. Um, So there's a college in Brooklyn, Kingsborough Community College. Uh, shout out to Kingsborough. I was approached to teach a business class, and I was like, hey, um, me? And it was like, yeah. It was like, yeah, we'd love to have you teach the class. So I, t I taught the first class, and it was strictly for the students there. But people kept calling and asking about the class that wasn't enrolled. So they did the next semester, they opened it for the public. So we, we did it. It was 10 weeks. I had some of my friends come and teach. Uh, Charlemagne did a week. BDOT brought Markman, uh, financial advisor, lawyers. Damn, I hate when I say names because now if I somebody else my name right like, there, yeah. They know All of my friends, yeah. <laughs> I had to do it. So I'm about to do the next semester, and I'm going to do all women. So I'm going to get like women uh, DJs, women A and R's, women uh, just all the women in the business that work different positions. I'm going to have them as keynote speakers every week. And just you know, teach the class. We're getting that together now. I got a couple people locked in. Chuck Karen so. Shout out to Karen Silver. Um, do do anybody retire from rap? I hear people say it. I don't know why. Would you? It was a great job. I don't think I know anybody that's like. I don't think no. I don't know anybody that retired from rap. I know people that worked at record labels for twenty years and they still there. I know rappers who still running around touring, getting money. It's a great job. Why you want to retire? From? It's fun. Travel. I think Caleb gonna retire from rap. Retire from rap? No. <laughs> I think Caleb gonna retire from rap and just start shooting movies. I mean, you still shoot movies, but you still rap is still your. We like, are hip hop, hip hop is us. We are the culture. It's like I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like he's not gonna stop being. He's not gonna be dressed in a suit when he goes shoot movies. He gonna be dressed that, like I this. Mean, Spike was doing movies, but he was still directing. Yeah, Spike is hip hop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they Spike Lee unblocked. 
on Twitter. Spike Lee blocked me, dog, and I'm a Nick fan. You probably deserved it. Nah, I know exactly what it was that I did. What, what tweet was it, bro? So when Django came out, Spike was uh, he was I ain't gonna say he was hating, but he was he was critiquing Django, which he has the right to, he which he does have. He's Spike Lee. He got he got the right to. He directed more movies than you. So but think of. You but, can't tell that man he can't say nothing about a movie. Dog, Spike Lee is like one of, on my Mount Rushmore people. Spike Lee is one of my top directors and people ever. Like, figures in, in culture, Spike Lee is up. I'm a Knicks fan, dog. From Georgia, I'm a Knicks fan. So Half he, of that. Why he blocked that? <laughs> so, but you gotta, you gotta remember. When Django came out, like. I don't know. Just get to the hate. 15. Get to the hate. I man. just said, dog, it's other people that can make dope black movies other than you, but I'm joking. Like, that's what Twitter used to be. He might not have been in a He went in a good mood that day. And I took that person. And, <laughs> and I took that person. And he, he blocked it. Like, and look, anybody don't play about the art, bro. Yeah, no, that wasn't his art. But it's a form it's, of it's art. Still, it's vested interest. That's a movie that he cares about. Right, when, you, when you come publish a book and somebody write a book, you're like, this book is not that great. You can say that because you're. Because I wrote, I put my book out. All right. And I saw the crazy. I saw him at Atlanta Station like two days later. We had a great conversation. <laughs> we had a great conversation. You just say, "Can you unblock me, please?" I didn't know I was blocked yet. Nigga with the tweet. I just ran into. He said, "I just ran into." Block Lee. Can you, man, being a Nick fan and being spot, blocked by Spike Lee is heartbreak. That's funny. It's only two people that that block me that I care about: ever. Spike and Lupe. Why Lupe? I said lasers was trash. You gotta stop critiquing these people. <laughs> I gotta tell the truth. You just said. You don't have to tell the truth. You're not a rapper. You just said hip hop is us. You're not a rapper. Is hip hop us? You're not a rapper. You critique rap. I you would. manage rappers. I manage rappers. I work directly in the rap field. <laughs> I don't. You do. But at the time, you probably did. No, at the time, I time. Exactly. He probably used the pages and said, fuck this so thing. So Lupe. Right. Lupe is the first rap concert I went to by Dang, myself. Hating on you. God damn. Dog, I didn't like the album. I cannot like I don't I like every Jay-Z album, but I cannot like your album and feel like you dope. Don't be a hater, man. That's hating? Don't be a hater, man. Keep your critiques to yourself. So now because, because you never know who you can influence. Somebody might have not bought his album because they looked you like lasers. Did you like lasers? Cool. 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 I mean, but the first saying, two was smoke. What I'm saying is Somebody can see your critique and say, oh, I think Travis knows hip-hop. If he says it's garbage, it's garbage. I'm not going to listen to it. So now you just took money out of his mouth with your opinion. But I think that's part of No, no, no. No, but. I that, still feel like that's. That, is that cool or not? So this goes back to the artist on Twitter thing that we was talking about before. It's like, you know, you, you're trying to find a line. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to see If you don't want to see nothing but good opinions, don't be on there. No, but what I'm saying is you could affect him. Financial. I feel like one of the biggest problems you're not, in rap. You're, you're, you're right. That. You're right. So do you think, as an artist, I would appreciate that? I don't care if you appreciate it. See, that's because not, if I <laughs> if I spend my so money that's on why it, why I block you. But if I spend my money on it, and I'm a legit fan, <laughs> I'm not somebody that's waiting on the timeline to tell spend me what the they don't like. You talk about things you like. Don't talk about things you don't like. That's negative. One of the biggest problems in rap right now is nobody's critiquing. Nobody's telling the truth about rap. Now it goes back to who's to do the critiquing. Somebody might he might say you're not qualified to critique my music, but he don't know that. But he might say that he can say you're not qualified and to critique my music. Just like he, he can say, say hey, are you a rapper? Have I'm you a ever rapper. Went platinum? 
Do you have a Grammy? Have you performed in front of millions of people? Somebody has to tell the truth. And he, the artist can say who that is. You're right. And they can say it's not I'm not saying he wrong for blocking me. I just said it hurt. Lupe, <laughs> I'm a DM Lupe and say, I'm not telling Lupe, dog. I'm a DM. Spike don't follow me, but Lupe follow. I'm a DM Lupe no. and say, Lupe, hey, block my man. Lupe, food and liquor concert. At Halloween, he gave you House of Blues, and enjoy, and you gonna and you get, and then you turn around and gave me lasers. Ain't no, ain't no making some people happy, man. Oh, ain't always do this. Always, <laughs> I'm on the side of the creative, but man. but the craziest part is, Hovey is the number one person that'll tell you when an album is trash. They take critique a little better from me. No, I'm talking about when me and you get in our debates. Yeah, you'll you'll call an album trash quick. Be honest. What's the difference? Private or just the platform? It's the platform. Because me and your conversation aren't influencing anyone to not buy someone else. I just gave you a direct cause and effect that can happen when you say something negative. And I'm a strong believer in if I'm not going to spend any energy talking about something I don't like, I'll spend all the energy talking about things I do like. Every Friday, albums come out. I listen to them. Some of them are terrible. I'm not going to say, man, this shit was terrible, all day. I'm going to say, Yo, this album I just heard was fire. I'll fuck with it. You should check it out. If you was doing a show that re- that you critiqued or reviewed albums, would you say would you talk about the albums? I would never do a show where I critique and review albums. Or when you you remember when you and Busy used to do the lives and y'all used to have yeah. to, y'all used to let artists play their stuff. Mm-hmm. You would tell them when they stuff wasn't good because this is a, we're looking for someone to sign. I'm in a critique, and you're looking for critique or acceptance from me. That's what you signed up for. This is you're here for. But that. that's what you do when you put out music, right? Mm-hmm. If not, you can keep it in your basement. Not really. Some people are just artists. They, they say once I put it out, it's yours. You know what I'm saying? If it's mine, I can talk about. It. Last thing I want to touch on before we go. Last thing I want to touch. Defend being a hater. Yo. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we throw hate around too. You're a hater because you don't like something. That's too easy. No. What I'm saying to you is, and you agree to, your critique can cause someone to lose money. No matter if you paid your money or not, you should never want to do anything to affect someone in a negative this manner. A politician. It's, it's just the truth. I, I Caleb is with you. I, I, I feel you. I feel you. Because if Caleb do a video and another video director is bashing it, you don't know what future client is going to see that and say, I'm not fucking with this thing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So call me. If you can't call me, then. So let me you know ask you a question on that point. Do you think if there was no threat of negative critique you would be as good as you are like i feel like part of that two those two things can be true there's duality in that we need criticism and we need people to keep us in That's check willing to tell the truth but it's where you do it and who you come from also if i had lupe number i just would have called well you don't so don't put it on the public platform man you the, can, you're affected this, negatively this is why twitter is gone last thing i want to talk about is best in the house yes Best Seat in the House. Best Seat in the House was a dope podcast that I had running interview series probably before a lot of people even had podcasts. I had that shit. I had a very successful. You had a fire six. I had a fire six. I started out very strong. I had a six inning stretch and I just got, life got too busy. Like I can't book the artists and plan the show and be in the place and deal with cancellations because I want to go. You know what I'm saying? So. If I stay back one day because I'm supposed to interview you and now you canceled, I gotta go. So you might hit me back. Oh, I could be tomorrow. I'm, I'm out. All right, you, go. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a lot. I have to, I wanna bring it back and I'm gonna bring it back. I just have to have 
mad help. I gotta kind of almost just write the questions and show up. Which one was your favorite? Man, that's a good question. I have my favorite. I mean, me and Ross, but everything that me and Ross talked about was like shit I knew. Like, that's my friend. So we talked. So I just said it in front of the camera. So me and Ross was good. It made TMZ. Everybody was talking about it. But I think me and Wex conversation. That's my favorite. Yeah, me and Wex. Wex was like the guy who signed Kanye at Adidas. He was the global head of Adidas. He left Adidas. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Wex. But um, just bringing that insight to people who don't understand how that shit worked and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think he signed Kanye like right after that. Like a little bit right after that. Anything else? Ovain, thank you. First guest, number one. First they had a champagne for me. No had, food, nothing. We had, we had a Imagine if I was number three with those <laughs> We had a tequila that I'm not going to give free they promotion. A, a open bottle of tequila, no mixers. <laughs> we cutting all of that out. <laughs> I appreciate it. Ovain, number one's good. Like, I'm going to be on the comments like, look, don't go on this show. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Ovain always said, if you need me, I'm going to be there. And it's I needed him to be the first guest. I appreciate it, bro. But success. I can't wait to see what y'all boys do. Change agent. We're going to turn up, man. Thank you.